September 22nd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who firmly believes in the motivational mantra, so what? I'm what? (laughs) J.P. Shetrick! Yeah, you know me. Uh, Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We have a busy couple of hours ahead. In fact, on this Thursday, it's week three. Analyst Jeff Lagerman coming up on Jaguars Happy Hour. The Jaguars and the L.A. Chargers at SoFi Stadium Sunday, 4.05, week three. What a game it's going to be. So what? Now what? The mantra around the bank this week. And the Doug Peterson Show coming up. That's at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network. Head coach Doug Peterson will join us in studio. The Jaguars continuing preparation for the Week 3 game today. We heard earlier this week from Doug Peterson on Wednesday. It is a week-to-week league. The Jaguars this week might look different, according to the Jags head coach. You do what it takes to win. And and sometimes each week the game plans are going to be different. You know, the way we attack an opponent is going to be different. The way our opponent attacks us is going to be different. Um, so you're constantly evolving and constantly you know, shaping your game plans that way. What we did, yeah, I mean, if there's a blueprint, you know, yeah, you'd want to be that balance of run pass and, and success in the red zone and, and all that. But we know, too, as coaches that, you know, sometimes it's, uh, it could be a different offense from week to week just based on your opponent. Yeah, depending on how they line up for sure. Let's hear from the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, on carrying over a strong performance from last week. Definitely. I mean, there's things there's things that always that can always carry over depending on the defense you're playing, and um, cer- certainly things do. But as far as just your mentality has to, you kind of have to flip the page, and, and you look at more. You know, you don't just luck into a win like we did on Sunday. It's the preparation to get there, the focus, all those things, and you just replicate it, and that's the biggest thing. So that's the positive you take from it, and you just try to do it again and again. Um, but as far as just that result, that's not gonna. It's not gonna win you the game on Sunday. You got to just stick to your process and do it um, every day of the week. Let's move to the defense coming off a shutout last week over the Colts, and now a different challenge, of course. Josh Allen, the outside linebacker, explaining the game of Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. His game speaks for himself, uh, just like Jonathan Taylor uh, last week. You know, he's a guy that you need to keep your eye on too, because if you don't play your cards right you know he can really he can really get you in so this week is another tough challenge for us that we're that we're up for the challenge man and we're excited about this challenge uh, this is a good team we're about to go face out, out there in LA that's actually his uh, discussion about uh, Eckler the running back who's uh, big out of the backfield in the passing game as well he has three career receiving touchdowns against the Jaguars and none on the ground in fact it's Jaguars Happy Hour. We welcome in Jeff Lagerman, Jaguars analyst, joining us now. And uh, here we go. You ready for Hollywood? You always are. Hollywood. That's, uh, that should be your middle I name. We're going to L.A. Should be your middle name. How far, is, how far is Hollywood from? I, you know, I've never been to Los Angeles, so I think it's you know seven miles, is ten Holly, miles. Is Hollywood considered in L.A.? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Yes. I'm not a West Coast guy. I, I know that at least. Yes, it's in the area. All right. I'm looking forward to it, though. I'm, I, I think I this is a I, good matchup. Well, I didn't get to see the uh, the stadium last year. You know, so it's one of the few stadiums in the NFL that I've never been to. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to it. You know, last year with the COVID protocols that were in place, I wasn't able to make 
the trip because of my proximity to someone who had COVID. Oh, that's right. And so I didn't make the trip, and so I um, – what'd you, what'd you Stayed do? home? Yeah, what'd you do during the game? I, 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 I watched the game <laughs> in my underwear and eating Cheetos. Yeah, you of know. course. <laughs> like no, normal. Just <laughs> now I watched the game and uh, had the radio on and listened to uh, Tony and Frank and ate Cheetos. <laughs> you know, I think I, that was the week I wasn't in studio either. It was the same reason. Yeah, you too? Yeah. I, yeah. I just watched it. Oh, did the pregame from the house? Yeah, it was just crazy. Yeah. You know, just last couple of years have been a little crazy. But anyway, you know, the uh, the stadium I'm looking forward to seeing because they're the the Taj Mahal of NFL stadiums for many years has been Dallas. Mm-hmm. And from what everybody tells me, they say that this new place in L.A. is something else. So I'm looking forward to seeing it, you know, just because I haven't seen it. And uh, – you know, it's a it's like a hole in the ground. I hear. Yeah, it's um, you know so that the planes don't fly into it. Oh, so they built it down instead of up. So it doesn't matter if they played in the Taj Mahal, the Oakland Coliseum, the City Dump. Um, the Jaguars have not fared well at any venue on the West Coast all time. Um, yeah, what is it like? Fifteen and three. Yeah, the other way: three oh. wins, fifteen losses. Well, fifteen to three as far as West Coast teams against the Jaguars. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And then the oh Chargers specifically, zero oh and five in California. Yeah, against the Chargers, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. But here's the reality: the, the Jaguars football team, it's always a challenge going from the East Coast to the West Coast, and I think it's. I'd love to know, but but you would. Do the West Coast teams have the same problem traveling to the East Coast? Well, I bet. Historically? I think probably, right? depending on what time the game is. Because if it's a 1 p.m. game yeah, here, so then it's like, 10 a.m. there. Yeah, 10 a.m. Right. No, nobody likes to play football 10 a.m. I think the Raiders have that here. Unless you're playing in London. <laughs> right. The Raiders have that uh, here this year when the Raiders come to Jacksonville. Yeah. I, I, the travel, the one thing that I am and was glad to hear was when – uh, head coach Doug Peterson talked about traveling to the West Coast, how their schedule would be, and that they're traveling on a Saturday. And there's been some regimes in the past that believed that traveling on Friday was the way to do it. And as a player, I hated traveling on a Friday because we, we did that a couple times, and I never liked it. And the reason why I never liked it is that it almost felt like you were on a vacation trip instead of a business trip. Because, you know, on Friday when you get out there, you're like, oh, yeah, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go right. eat? You know, and you're let's kinda, go to Hollywood. Right? Yeah, let's yeah. do this. Let's do that. And, uh, and so your mind has a tendency to drift. And then, you know, you can get distracted. You know, oh, maybe you got family. Maybe you got friends. And you know, we got idle time. You know, they say about idle time and idle minds can be a problem. Is that what they say? Yeah. And I always liked it to where you just went out there on a Saturday. And everybody's like, well, you know, you can't get adjusted to the time zone. Who cares? I mean, it's not about an adjustment. It's about a mindset and that you're traveling for business and that you're going out there with a purpose, and that's to play good football. It's not about, well, we're going to the West Coast. We're going to hang out on Friday, you know, and, you know, we get out there early, and then Saturday, you know, we're going to find something to do because we got a lot of time in the afternoon. No, you, you travel out there to play football game, and it's what it's about. And so you, you go out there, you take care of business, and then you come home. You know, it's a longer flight, but people say that it's make that big of a deal. Oh, you can get, 
Oh, you got to drink plenty of fluids, and you got to, you know, make sure you avoid swelling. And, uh, what, are you, what are you supposed to do that anyway? Like, well, that's mean, just normal day-to-day walking around, isn't it? I, that's, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, I, I never really understood. I, mean, I never felt like, okay, I'm on a plane for an hour and a half and then versus I'm on a plane for four hours. Man, that extra hour and a half, boy, it really knocked me out. You know, I just... Yeah, I just you know I got these uh, edema and swelling. No, I never felt that as a player. I never. I mean, yeah, I don't uh, know. They do all these studies, you know, studies on adapting to time zones and stuff like that. I'm like, look, I don't know what all that means, but I can just tell you that the mindset is: if you travel on a Saturday, we're going out there to play football game, and that's it. We're we're there for business. You go out there on a Friday, then it becomes other things involved, and that's not good. All right, so the Jaguars uh, lost a game they felt like they should have won week one in Washington, right? Oh, no, uh, I wouldn't I, say I, that. I, oh, no, no, okay, they did. They had the lead. They rallied back, took they had the lead, an opportunity. lost the lead. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that. They're not saying that. Okay. I'm saying yeah, that they you probably yeah, yeah, should have yeah. won the game. Yeah, I want to make sure that you're clarifying I'm that. I'm not putting it in anybody else's mouth. Yeah. I said they probably should have won Because you kind of did when you first said that. I don't care. Week two – the Colts come here, and the Jaguars shut them out. They correct a lot of mistakes, 24-0, and the penalties go down by 10. They're scoring touchdowns in the red zone. They play great defense. They get takeaways again, and it pays off. Well, now it's on to week three, and, okay, maybe there's a little optimism, some buildup, and there is some of that, Oh, but it's on to the next, and this mantra of – so what, now what, has been echoed around the building this week Are you so sure far. it's not so what, what now? I'm sure. Okay, I'm just checking. I, I'm sure. <laughs> and again, I don't care. But you get the idea. Either no, way, first, I like that idea, though. The, the so what, now what. Well, I, I, love, I love that from the standpoint of, because, I, you know, on this morning I'm listening to all the different interviews from yesterday. Yeah, listening to Doug listening to Trevor, listening to Josh Allen. And from Doug's press conference, he talked about, so what, now what? Okay, well, then you listen to Josh, so what, now what? Then you listen to Trevor, so what, now what? So I'm not really attached to the mantra so much as I am attached to, I love the fact that a coach has talked about something and that he's put out a talking point to get the player's attention and focus in a certain direction. And it hit home because they're speaking that same language. To me, that's what the important thing is. And that is that the messaging that the head coach is putting to his football team is being heard, which means that he's reaching them and that uh, they believe in him. And that, that's the part that I love. You know, because a lot of times there's been some meetings before that you walk out of and somebody would ask you what the head coach said and guys might go, huh? Who? Did he, did he, <laughs> did did he talk? He, did he talk? <laughs> did he say something? But that's good stuff. I mean, that's the thing I think that's important about that. So uh, got a lot of respect for, for coaching and what coaches do, and, and that's a hard job, man. It's a hard job sometimes to reach the minds because, you know, in a locker room, and I think from a coaching standpoint – you have to be a leader, but you can't do it alone. You have to be able to have the carriers of your message. You have to have players in that locker room that can carry your message to the locker room to those that are hard to reach. And that's important, and you obviously want to have that message being carried by some of your best players that you have. 
And so you want to be able to make sure that you're reaching your best players. And, and so clearly the message is getting, it's getting heard, and now it's being delivered elsewhere from those players. Hey, let's take a time out. We'll come back and get into some of the matchups in this game because there are quite a few intriguing ones, I think, especially in the trenches in this game. Both sides of the ball. Let's go. Yeah, really, really good, good matchups, both sides of the ball, and some scary ones too now. Some ones that you got grave concern about. Don't be scared, Boggs. I'm not scared. Don't be scared. JP. Don't be intimidated. Not, You're beaten not, already if I'm you walk scared. in there scared. I'm not, I'm not scared, JP. I don't get scared. I sounded like you were. Um, no P- fear. No P- fear. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. We're on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media as well today. Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and we're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony, Jaguars Today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. It's not fun. It's not comfortable. Um, you know, you're dealing with just just body movements all the time. You know, I remember when I did mine, um, sitting down, sneezing, coughing, laughing, all that kind of stuff can kind of agitate and irritate the area. Um, but it just takes it just takes you know time to heal. That's head coach Doug Peterson earlier this week. Jaguars game day radio brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better, and it's Jaguars happy hour on a Thursday. It's week three. The Jaguars head cross country to face the L.A. Chargers. It's a 4.05 kickoff time at SoFi Stadium in Englewood, California. And the Jaguars, well, uh, they think they're going to face Justin Herbert, who, well, it's rib watch 2022. It continues after the Thursday night game where he uh, injured his ribs in the game in Kansas City. He finished the game and threw a touchdown late and, and did a lot of things after that injury. But um, everybody's kind of keeping an eye on the ribs of the quarterback for the Chargers. And, of course, Doug Peterson there, a quarterback in the NFL for a long time, had a, a couple times in his career had a rib issue. It's just hard to do a lot of things. We'll see what happens in this one. That's uh, something to watch, certainly. And it can affect the way he plays. You obviously saw it on the field on Thursday night where he's even in running it was an issue for yeah, him. Yeah, well, a couple things. One, it, uh, that, that happened in a game, and it was a week ago today because they played on Thursday night against Kansas City in Kansas City. And uh, so he's got some extra time to heal because of the Thursday game to the following Sunday game. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting to watch and see how he responds. I, I had a rib cartilage issue in college one time, and extremely painful. Was it a football injury, or was it something extracurricular? No, it was okay. Yeah, it was a football injury. It <laughs> okay, wasn't good. from the extracurricular JP. <laughs> and uh, uh, kind of weird how things kind of come back around, right? Because not long ago, Tyrod Taylor was the starting quarterback of the of the Chargers, yeah. has a rib injury, goes to get it injected, and the doctor sticks the needle in, I guess, too deep, and it collapses the lung, I guess, yeah, that he had. Punctured ha- his lung. Punctured his lung. With a needle. And now Tyrod Taylor has currently has a $5 million lawsuit against this Dr. G- Gazaniga, I guess is how you pronounce his name, who is still the doctor of the Chargers. Mm. So what do you think the confidence level 
for Justin Herbert is in this doctor. I mean, I'm just putting on extra padding. I'm I mean, like, doc, I, yeah. stay away We're from good. my ribs. We're good, bud. You're not, you're not, no needles, no, no, you're not looking at my ribs. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be kind of weird, right? That whole situation with this injury and and this doctor. Uh, but nonetheless, it's going to be kind of a Justin Herbert watch, I guess you can say, from now until all the way to kickoff time because the – Supposedly, he had light throwing on Tuesday, Herbert. And then Wednesday, he was going to go to practice and progress as they saw fit. So they were going to kind of play it by ear. Haven't gotten the injury report from today. Yeah, Yesterday, comes, they had him limited. And it comes late because they're West Coast West team. Coast team. Yeah. So that's something that's obviously going to be a, a big thing to kind of keep an eye on. He's a good football player. He's a good young quarterback. He's got a, a brilliant arm. He is. Uh, he's got the, the, all the measurables, and uh, I just hope that this is kind of this game is kind of the precursor of many more to come. What I mean by that, the Brady Manning thing that went on for years. Well, does the does the league have one of those? I mean, right now it's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. That's about it right now. Wouldn't yeah. it be great if it's a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert type thing to where? It doesn't happen all the time, just like it didn't happen all the time with the Colts, Patriots. But when it did, they're memorable. It games. was the marquee matchup of the week. Oh yeah, you know. So you hope that what we're gonna see in this game is kind of a sign of things to come in the future, and uh, we'll see if that ever happens or not. Because obviously, it takes a lot of winning and a lot of successful quarterback play for that to happen. But that's me just living in my dream world, hoping that Trevor Lawrence turns out to be a great one and that you know, Justin Herbert and him can have a lot of great matchups in the future. A lot of good weapons around the quarterback out there as well. Wide receivers. He's got, yeah, he's okay. Running back Eckler, as we mentioned earlier, is a threat out of the backfield in the passing game and, and is well, a little tougher to bring down in space. I, I'm, I'm going to argue that you don't think so. Well, look. Eckler's a great back. When I say a great back, he's a, he's a nice combination of a guy that can, can be a factor in, in the rushing attack and the passing attack. If you look at his numbers, not counting this year, the previous three years, he's averaging catching over 70 balls a year. That's a lot. And that's a lot. It's a lot that's of a lot for running back. And he's been good on the ground as well. I mean, he, what, a couple years ago, I think he had 1,000, 1,000, 1,000 receiving, 1,000 rushing. Uh, really strong back, and I think it's going to be imperative that Devin Lloyd and the Jaguars linebackers have a really strong game against him. But, okay, let's look at the other guys. Okay, we know that uh, Keenan Allen has been a great player for a long period of time, and there's no arguing that. But he's been out with the hamstring, didn't play in, in the Thursday night game against Kansas City. Could he play this week? That's something that's going to be also that's going to be watched closely. Mike Williams is a guy that had – Monster game, you know, and he's having a really good start to his year. And But I will say with him, is he a big play guy? I mean, a guy like going to run by you and he's explosive. He, you know, you hold your breath every time he gets it. No, he's just a big target and he doesn't get great separation. So he always has to make the contested catch. And look, the reality is he's great at making the contested catch. You can't argue that. But does he scare a defensive coordinator? No. Does Keenan Allen 
scare a defensive coordinator? No, they got great respect for him, though. But I don't yeah. think he scares coordinators. Hmm. But I think the quarterback, I don't want to say scares you, definitely worries you just because he's young and he's, and he's got such a command of the offense. He's got such a strong arm. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not kind of sold that the Chargers have this whole plethora of offensive weapons and Justin Herbert is just, you know, delivering the ball all over the place. You know, I'd make the argument that if I had to make a choice between, okay, do I take the Jaguars' weapons or do I take the Chargers' weapons? I don't know, JP. I, I don't think it's as an easy of a decision as most people would think. You know, most people probably think, oh, hands down the Chargers. I don't know about that. Like Christian that. Kirk, J-Rob, yeah. ETN. Yeah. Who's the backup running back for the Chargers? Tell me. Couldn't tell you. Exactly. Who's the third wide receiver for the Chargers? Great question. Couldn't tell you. Right? Hmm. I mean, hmm. Are, are they that dangerous? Hmm. Who's their tight end? But not, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. So, anyway, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think it's going to be a good football game. And uh, the interesting thing also about this game, uh, Patrick Cavanaugh brought this up earlier. When's the last time you've seen a, a defensive-minded head coach and then an offensive-minded head coach, and both of them are calling plays for their offense and their defense, respectively. And so that's kind of another matchup right there. Because you know, Brandon Staley's a defensive guy. And, of course, Doug Peterson's an offensive guy. So who's going to win that battle? That's a, yeah, that's a good point. Let's flip it around to that. The uh, Jaguars offense, and this, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to have uh, a, a huge hand in this, but if he has time to have a hand in it, right? The uh, tackles are huge in this game. Cam Robinson on the left side. Of course, Jawan Taylor is off to a good start in the first two weeks on the right side. Well, it's wait, quite let, me, ch- let me just just stop uh, you just right there just for a second, and I know you don't like to get interrupted, but you said Jawan Taylor's off to a good start. I think Jawan is off to a, a really good start in pass protection. I think he's got to find a he's got to do better in the running game. And especially a week like this to where you really need your running game to hold those two guys at bay. Jawan's got to be better in the run game. I think Cam's been pretty solid in the run game. Juwan's been outstanding in pass protection. Sorry to interrupt. Well, those two guys you speak of are Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on the edge for the L.A. Chargers. Mack's been at this for a long time. It's his third team in the NFL. I think he's got 80 sacks in his career. Joey Bosa, a couple years shorter of a career, but uh, both guys can play at a very, very high level. And you don't want third and seven plus in this game on a regular basis. That's bad for business. Joey Bosa, I think, is the one out of those two that scares me the most. I think he's the one that's just ultra talented. He's got great hands, great uh, identification. He's stronger than I mean, just so strong in the way he plays the game. He rarely, rarely is is negated in a game. Always around the quarterback. I think Khalil Mack slowed down a little bit. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, not much though, right? He's he slowed still, down a little bit. I mean, you know, he's Khalil not Mack. Uh, JP. Here's the reality: is 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 he? You know, moving to that many teams because he's still unbelievable. I mean, the Raiders did that trade just because they couldn't, they didn't want to pay the contract. Yeah. 
And then all of a sudden he's out of the Bears, traded to the Chargers. I mean, do you trade a great player that you think is still on the on the ascent? I'm not saying that he's a bad football player. I'm just saying that I think he's slowed down a little bit. That doesn't mean that he's not a good player. I don't want anybody to take that the wrong way. But I, I think I think this is going to be a good matchup between you know these guys. And the, and the scary thing is, is that they don't just line up on one side. They move around. They a do bit. move. Okay. Yeah, Joey Bosa for the most part stays a little bit more on the left, and then Khalil Mack has stayed a little bit more on the right. But then they do they flip. And so it's uh, each guy's got to prepare for each guy. They better study him and study him hard and put a lot of extra film study in because. Yeah, I think that's where film study film study pays off. I think for every position group, but when you're when you're talking about offensive and defensive linemen, you really have to to finally study the the guy that you're facing. Whereas a linebacker might study more of the whole big picture stuff and tendencies with downs and you know. But if you can gain little tips and little nuances with an individual's technique or footwork or alignment, you know, things just to get a little advantage. And this is going to be a week I think that you're going to want to do that, especially when you're facing two extremely talented pass rushes. And we haven't even mentioned, I think, the biggest freak on the field for the Chargers. Yeah, and if you can get it in the air against that pass rush, Derwin James is lurking on the back end of this defense. He got paid big-time money, and he's a two-time first-team All-Pro. He's had some injuries earlier in his career. 38 games only. How about that, right? I mean, that's just crazy. He's in his fifth year, only played 38 games, and they paid him – like a Hall of Famer, but he, and he's a great player. A couple more uh, All Pros, he might be on his way. He is. Uh, he is simply fantastic. You know, when you watch the film and you watch guys like Joey Bosa and you watch guy like Khalil Mack, you're really impressed when you watch him. But then when you watch Derwin Derwin James, it's like a whole nother level. I mean, he just jumps out at you. He's just got freakish athletic ability and talent. Freakish. He he runs so well. He tackles strong. I mean, the body slam that he had on Kelsey, ragdolling the other tight end when he was kind of just lassoing him and throwing him down to the ground. I mean, it's like it's very rarely that you say in the NFL that, boy, he plays like a man among boys. Derwin James plays like a man among boys. Do you know who has the highest – pass rushing efficiency rate in the National Football League? Pass rushing efficiency rate. Would you By like PFF. To, would you like to explain what the hell that even means? It's just impact in the game, the percentage of success, the most impactful pass rusher in the league. Probably this team. No, I'm talking individuals. Oh. Like individual players. I mean, you would think like Aaron Donald. Yeah. Right. Well, Miles Garrett's number one. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, and they, the PF, PFF gives grades out for pass rushing efficiency. Miles Garrett is number one, which, okay, and Aaron Donald's probably somewhere right there in the top okay. five. Okay, all right. And he doesn't have a, a whole lot of snaps at number two, but Derwin James is number two. Really? Yeah. How weird is that? That's, I mean, it's crazy. Huh. And his his pass coverage ranking is high. To, I mean, the guys. It's all over the place. He's a, he's, a, he's a crazy freak. He's good when he, you know, safety is typically 
of safety. Some are good that are up in the box. Some are good back. Some have uh, an ability to kind of be a cross between a safety and a corner, can play in the slot. And some have the ability that they might even be able to line up and play man against a, one of the best receivers. Yeah. I mean, not, not a whole lot of them, right? Right. There's very few that can do all that. Derwin James can do all he's that. He's one of them. That, he, and he can play linebacker? Yeah. I, I talked to Adam Archuleta today who has the call on CBS. He was a linebacker, or a, no, a, safety a safety in the league, yeah, excuse me. For and, the Rams. And was kind of more of an in-the-box type guy. And that was the most impressive thing to him about Derwin James was his ability to do it all because that's Everything. so rare. And do it all well. Not just yeah. like do it all because it's asked to do that and he yeah. kind of does okay at it. I mean, he, he excels wherever they put him. Let's come back. We'll take a look at the injury report. That won't take long. Knock on wood. It's been a good couple of weeks so far for the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a look at the latest of the Chargers, at least through yesterday. They have not released theirs yet as of today on the West Coast. Check out the official Jaguars podcast network. It's free on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you download your pods. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. PRI Productions, the Southeast full-service event company, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com and learn more. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday. I'm J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. Brent Reber's on the video side. Joe Fortunato on the audio, as always. The Jaguars face the Chargers this coming Sunday at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. And what a game it should be. Good battle of quarterbacks if Herbert's up. Pass rushers, both sides. The uh, offensive line has challenges this week on both sides of the uh, ledger. And yeah, here, here's I like a, this matchup. Here's, here's some, you know, we're talking a lot about uh, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Cam Robinson and Juwan Taylor matchup. I think one of the ones that I'm really looking forward to watching kind of after the game, which is on film, when you can really afford that time to watching an individual matchup, is the Chargers have a young left tackle who has a very famous last name whose dad was a hell of a player for a long time for a team in L.A., and that's Jackie Slater is the dad, Mm -hmm. which his son – Rayshon Slater is the starting left tackle for the Chargers, who was a high pick, I think number one pick last year in the draft for the Chargers. And he is an outstanding player. Jackie was a right tackle back in the day with the Rams, and his son is a left tackle. And arguably, and talking to Baselli earlier today, Tony thinks he's might be the best tackle in the game or one of the top couple best tackles in the game. Wow which is pretty high praise for a second-year player. And I was like, well, I haven't seen him yet. And so I couldn't really make any comment on it. And I've been watching the Chargers offense as part of the, you know, the week's prep. You know, you started diving into the, into the film. And I already watched the Chargers defense yesterday and studied them. And so today's kind of the offensive day. And Tony's right. Uh, this young man, Slater, at the left tackle position is really good. But the scary thing is, is that their first-round pick this year, which is Zion Johnson, he's the right guard. He's a really good player, too. So their two best offensive linemen are a, are a first-year rookie and then a second-year left tackle. Hmm. And so 
Now we're going to see Trayvon Walker, the first overall pick in the draft, versus arguably the best young left tackle in football in Slater. I think that's a great matchup. Josh Allen, too, because they yeah, move him around. You know, they move sure. him around a little bit. But I think that's going to be one of those get your popcorn ready and kind of watch film and watch that matchup because I think it's going to be a good one. Whoever ends up getting the right tackle, which is Trey Pipkins the third, he's probably the weak link. Him and the left guard are eh. And Pipkins has a foot injury. I think he was limited yesterday. And he was, yeah, limited yesterday. Didn't finish the game. He actually came out at the uh, late in the third quarter from watching the film. Late in the third quarter, he came out, and then they ended up putting in Storm Norton, a backup tackle who's not very good. And so that's something, even though we're watching the Justin Herbert thing and the Keenan Allen thing, you know, keep an eye on the, the injury front with the offensive line because Corey Lindsley, their starting center, has a knee. He's a captain. And then the right tackle, Pipkins, has a foot. Well, I hope he has two feet left, but he has an injured one of them. A foot injury. Uh, but, it, but it's crazy. I mean, here we are talking about multiple injuries that the Chargers have, and there's not one Jaguar on the hey, injury report. Hey, we're jumping ahead here. It's time for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the not official no sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, you just heard it. From Logs, the Jaguars again today have no injuries officially to report for a second week, now third week in a row. Which is awesome. The Chargers, on the other hand, had at least yesterday six players on the list. They have not announced their Thursday injury list yet. They announced this one last night around 745 or so. Uh, two players did not practice Wednesday. J.C. Jackson, the cornerback with an ankle issue. Corey Lindsley, the center with that knee injury you talked about, Logs. And then four players were limited Wednesday. Wide receiver Keenan Allen with a hamstring issue. Quarterback Justin Herbert with a ribs injury, they're calling it. The tight end Donald Parham Jr., a hamstring. And then Trey Pipkins, the third, the tackle with a foot Now, injury. here's a trivia question for you. Why would they call Justin Herbert's injury a ribs plural versus just rib that's a good question i don't know hmm. maybe they're just keeping it general well maybe because the cartilage sits between the actual bones it, the ribs themselves it, maybe it feels like four ribs and it's only a half a rib <laughs> or something i don't know i had ribs for uh for brunch <laughs> did yesterday. you really yeah, I did, as matter oh, wow. fact. how about that <laughs> really good ones oddly too. enough <laughs> oddly enough that's the only ribs thing I worry about. Yeah. yeah well, well, you know, and it is remarkable. I We were on the field, practice field today during the open media time talking amongst us, and I, I don't remember not having an injury on an injury list this deep into a season. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, and again, yeah. knock on wood yeah. because, uh, you know, you're going to deal with it at some point. You just, you know, hope that it's not significant. You know what I mean? Significant by means, you know, the type of player that you lose and the number of players. And, you know, and, and you'd like to sit there and say and give credit to coaching staff, the training staff, the, the medical care that they get. And, and yes, Kevin Kaplan, you're the best ever, <laughs> okay? And, and uh, the best surgeon ever, okay? He's yeah. fixed me a couple different times. Mm -hmm. And he is. He's an amazing doctor. And it's funny. He fixes you. I go in, he's like, yeah, you're just getting old. 
I mean, how does that work? Wait a minute, something's going on here, JP. Um, But my point of that is, is that sometimes it's just it's just luck. Yeah. You know, it's and, uh, and, and and a lot of this too. Give credit to the players for doing the right things during the week, during the off season to be ready to go. It's not all that; it's all that combined, it, it, and a little luck on top. And uh, well, I, all of that combined and a lot of luck. Yep. You know, because luck and look at look. I'm I'm all for luck. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of luck, but that's a, that's a big part of it. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150 loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back with another final preview of this Jaguars-Chargers matchup and then coming up at 5 o'clock. It's the Doug Peterson Show. The Jaguars head coach will join us. In studio on the Jaguars Radio Network coming up, it's week three. The first place Jacksonville Jaguars. Boy, that sounds sweet. Face the L.A. Chargers this Sunday, and it's Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jacksonville sports talk for Jacksonville sports fans. 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. If you're watching us, yes, on Jaguars.com or Jaguars social media, for that fact, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you are looking live to steal a line from Mr. Musburger at the Miller Electric Center. Just outside TIAA Bank Field, it will be open for business. It's on track for training camp 2023. There's been another section of the indoor facility added today. It it is amazing, Logs, um, that you know I walk in here in the morning and something's starting to go up, and then you take a live look in the afternoon, do a little work after the show, go back out, and it's like three other things have happened. They're they, moving uh, quick in this thing. Well, I mean, they're putting in a ton of time because they you know they're trying to get this thing ready, completely done prior to to next season, and I mean they're working late. They're working Saturdays and I'm sure Sundays. I mean, they're, they're all the guys that are putting the time in there. Wow, man, good job because they they are doing a lot of work. Mark Lamping was on uh, pregame this past Sunday, the Jaguars president, and said that uh, all the like 500 employees over there uh, all had a chance to come to the game on Sunday against the Colts, which was cool and. Um, yeah, it's good to see. It's going to be a nice facility. It's the beginning of what could be a lot of good changes around the stadium around here. That thing's going to be big. It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's a massive uh, footprint. Looking at it now in the monitor, it's uh, it's really big. Like I was kind of joking around talking about how you the you know the the rooftop field. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You, you really could. I mean, if you wanted to have. Probably a smaller practice field on top of the roof. That's such a big. I don't know how many, you know, two dimensional square feet it would be on top of that roof, but it's a lot. Yeah, you could do like walkthroughs. You know, you could. Yeah, get some sun. Don't even have to leave the building technically because you just go on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. That's Jeff Logman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. The Jaguars face the Chargers this Sunday, four o five. This is the Chargers team that a lot of people pick to do some big things in the AFC West. It's a difficult division. Of course, the Jaguars will see every team in that division this season at some point. 
Uh, but boy, this Chargers team, they, they added Khalil Mack. They've got the quarterback, but their injury concerns, I think in the long run, you know, if things, if they get healthy and do some things, they can still be in the mix, certainly. But they're, they're a little dinged up this week going through that injury report. And I, the, the matchup for the Jaguars, even injured or otherwise, I think they have a chance to, to match up pretty well. Well, it's a, you know, the Rams have just done a tremendous job in the last year, obviously, winning the Super Bowl. And I don't know if, if the Chargers aren't better than them this year. And a lot of people say, well, you know, the Rams won a Super Bowl. Yeah, okay. And every year is different. And this team, I think, in the Chargers has some momentum just from a personnel standpoint. When you look at them position by position, they have a lot of really good players. I mean, offense, we, we know we talked about Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and, and Eckler, the running back. But on the defensive side of the ball, we've talked about Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, and Irwin, uh, Derwin James. But we didn't even make any mention about J.C. Jackson, who has had 17 interceptions in the last two seasons, who they got in free agency. You know, a high pick from a year ago who, oh, by the way, you might know his dad's name, okay, because his name is Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, Wait a minute. So he's related to Asante Samuel Sr.? That's incredible. <laughs> Thanks, Logs. <laughs> Level, Thanks for clearing that up. stuff right there. You are all over it. But Nothing I mean, it gets by you. Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy was a really good football player for the Patriots, and uh, he's still a good football player now. And as far as a blitzer, he does some good things as a pass rusher too. I mean, this is this is a challenging game with uh, with a lot of really good components. They're their defensive-minded head coach is supposedly has a you know great mind for defense. or doing a lot of different things. So uh, this is a good football game. It's going to be a good matchup. I'm looking forward to seeing how the Jaguars' offense and how creative we've seen them be in the first two weeks. And now in the first week, some of those opportunities didn't end up getting executed. But the number of opportunities that they had in week one and then the number of opportunities that they had in week two that they did execute, does that continue? You know, because this is a really good defense. And you had a really good defense in week one and you didn't quite execute. Not a great defense in week two. Now you're going back to a really good defense with a lot of really good components. And uh, I think it's going to be a great challenge for this offense and Doug Peterson and his offensive staff. We'll hear from uh, Doug Peterson coming up uh, about seven or eight minutes from now, top of the hour. You know, the, the, the Doug one Peterson thing show, yes. that I think that the Jaguars can help themselves with because we, we know that this offense or any offense works better when you have a good running game. I think this week it's, it's imperative that you get the running game going to take the pressure off of the tackles, to take the pressure off of your young quarterbacks. And so I think James Robinson – is going to be a huge part of this game if you're going to get a win. Let's talk through that a little bit more from last week because, you know, at the end of the day, the average per rush, if you're just looking at statistics, was not great. But Doug Peterson said earlier this week that just the feel of it felt better than the average ended up being because when they did run at certain times, they were effective. They had the big run for the touchdown, obviously. That's one. That's a clear one. Yeah, but play after play, I don't know how highly successful it was, but – 
But because they were able to dominate defensively, there never was a concern that just choosing to hand the ball off and, okay, look, if we got a punt, it's okay. Yeah. You know, so, but I think against, you know, when you get to a better team, okay, then it needs to be we're going to run the ball, but now we need to run the ball with fairly consistent success, not just to run 15 times or 20 times to have one pop. And part of the reason you were able to stick with the running game last week was because of the tempo of the game. And the tempo of the game, in large part, was dictated because of the takeaways, Mm -hmm. which has been a huge dramatic change from last year. Now, here's a number for you, JP. I can't wait. The Jaguars' offense in 2021 got 16 points off of the NFL low nine takeaways that the defense had. That's like, I mean, the takeaway total is bad enough, but to to get only 16 points 16 off those points nine? all season off Ugh. of the nine takeaways that the defense had. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse. This year, six takeaways by the defense. In two games. In two games, 17 points off of those six takeaways. So you have now exceeded in two games this year the number of points off of defensive takeaways. Two games, all it took to surpass an entire year's total from 2021. Yeah. That's crazy. It is. Right? Oh, yes. It's It's crazy crazy to be that bad at it last year to begin with, but now it's uh, starting to come back the other way. And it may only take you – I'm not going to say it. In, in a, oh, no, say it. No, 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 you, no, you, no, you can't no. tease us like that. No, Locks, I'm not going to jinx on. it. I'm not going to What are you talking it. about? You can't ah, I can't say it. What do you mean? Jinx. You just I'm, said you nope. can't say it. You got to say it. No. Nope. I'm just Those saying is that, you know, you take tweet away, it later? they're not far away from surpassing last year's total, and I'm, I expect them to be able to surpass it fairly soon. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I, I mean, give me a break. You don't think you're going to get three more turnovers in the next 15 games? No, no, no. I'm not talking. I'm just, I was going to say that, you know, <laughs> hey, look, they're on pace to break that or to tie that total this week. Which three okay, well, yeah. So what? Three? Okay. What's, I don't wanna, what's wrong with expecting not or trying, hoping for three turnovers? I'm not trying to jinx anything. Yeah, you're a anything. big jinx guy. You got to get over that. No, no, no. That's no, really not, ridiculous. I'm, I'm not going to get no over hitter, that. No hitter, no hitter, no hitter, no hitter, no hitter. I'm that guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always have been that guy. <laughs> no, but it is. It's impressive, and uh, and I can tell you, we we uh, the the moment that you get a zero, a shutout, it's awesome. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, but it beats giving up points. Sure. Well, I mean, points is one thing, and takeaways is another. But man, getting a zero. That's not easy to do. Yeah, and and that was the second game as a coordinator in the NFL for Mike Caldwell too. Pretty awesome. To dial one up. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good. awesome. And that whole staff, everybody involved. But could in you just tell that when that game? First of all, when the game kind of gets under control, and victory is not in the balance anymore, but then you watch the the players and you watch the team, you could tell that at that point. It was about the zero. Uh, and Andre Sisko said that on Monday after the game. Of course we so want the shutout. About, We're going about for it. the zero. No doubt. Those I, don't I, come around too often. It, uh, it's not very often that you get it. So when you got an opportunity, you got to go for it. 
All right, tonight on Television Logs, it's Jaguars All Access, live from Strings Brewery in Springfield. Mm-hmm. And with the Red Sox-Yankees game on Fox 30 tonight, Aaron Judge is sitting at 60 home runs for the Yankees. The Fox coverage will take over that game on Fox. So the change to tonight's show, Jaguars All Access on CBS 47 tonight. All right. Um, and Josh Allen, of course, is the permanent guest host. Who's mm-hmm. the special guest? By tonight? the way, he, who had a multi-sack game against yes, two of them. one Indianapolis Colts team. That was nice. Who's the special guest tonight? Rayshon Jenkins. He who, also had a nice game. Who got his first interception as a Jaguar. How about he had four passes defensed in the game last week. Mm-hmm. All of last season combined, he had three. Yeah. That's remarkable. Yeah, a lot of things are happening in a very short period of time compared to last year's debacle. Yes. <laughs> so I'm sure he'll have plenty to say. Two good defensive players on the show at Strings tonight and uh, 7 o'clock, right? The one thing, yeah, it's at 7 o'clock. Yeah. The one thing I, I've always liked about Rayshon and watching Rayshon is he's got a high level of energy. You know, Shaq and Rayshon, when when they go to practice or, or, in, or in practice – they elevate the mood of the defense. And and it's good to see those two guys playing pretty well. And a lot of people uh, kind of question how Shaq Griffin's playing. I think Shaq Griffin's playing, playing really solid. And I think he can still take it to another level. But I think they've been much better this year and very solid so far with more to come. And another note on Jenkins, former Charger. So he'll have some in institutional knowledge out there. He, he knows was in Herbert's rookie season was his last season. Yeah, he knows all about the freak Derwin James. Oh, yes, absolutely he does. So, yeah, but it's uh, I'm excited for this matchup. I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think it's going to be a great game. You're going to lock it, a lock, lock a win? Okay, I'm going to lock a win when the Jaguars have lost 18 consecutive road games. Well, I mean, you got to, I mean, anything that's possible will happen. I don't know. I'm not going to lock it because I just don't. I'm not Baselli. I don't okay, lock good. things. I, I've never done that. It's a different show. It's yeah, a different happening. Save hour. that for Monday. Okay. They but double this, locked it last week. This is an opportunity of. for Trevor Lawrence to get his first road victory in the NFL. And to and to kind of put some of that wet West Coast talk about how you know this team can't travel to the West Coast and and play a football game and play it well, and to to continue to build the momentum that you that you gained and earned in the Colts game. Coming up, the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the head coach in studio in just a few moments. Thank you for listening. It has been Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. <laughs>